Don't that feel good when your crowd behind you? You know what I'm saying? Let's give them something to cheer for now. Hey, I'm not going to be a real patient guy now. And I say this shit stops the Tampa 2. Tampa 2. Rocking with the Tampa 2. I think it's a game. I came up from nothing. You can't tell me. Yeah, did it on my own. Take out my neck. All right, so. Episode 11, we're, uh, we're turning the corner. We're on double digits now. I mean, we're not at like 15 or anything, but we're at 11. We're out here a little bit. We've been uh, we've been having a good time just talking Bucks football, getting some reactions from people, getting opinions, you know, all the above. And I and I must admit, Matt, I don't like doing this very much, but uh, you've been pretty correct. And uh, I, I felt like it was probably time for me to acknowledge that. You've pretty much nailed every game. Not pretty much you have. Uh, well, except that. Last week, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was gonna say that's what I was getting at, excluding. But, but hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take any compliment you're willing to throw. Holy shit, I gotta write this down. Yeah. Well, I'm saying that because I I was surprised. I I really thought that was a winnable game, and that's a really good transition to what we're gonna start with. But before that, um, I just wanted to again everyone who's been reaching out to us and talking, we appreciate it. And, and if you have any questions or anything specific, you can email us at the Tampa two podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear the from num- you. The number two, when you type in the Tampa two, the number two. Yes. So with that segue, yes, Matt, you have been correct up till now. And that's where I was going to go with that. But this week, this week proved to be a pretty pivotal game. First off, it was a game I thought we should have won and very much could have won. I didn't feel like we got beat. We beat ourselves. And obviously, the main topic of this podcast is going to have to be Jameis. It's, it's kind of a weekly thing. But I've been saying for a few weeks, I just didn't think he was the dude. I didn't think he was the dude. I thought I, thought I was going to have to eat my words, which I would have happily done if that means we have a franchise quarterback. But this week, man, I don't know how to describe it. It felt different. It was like, you know, he's had games before where he throws some picks, and that's one thing. This week was just different. It, it felt deflating like, man, we really we, we missed on a number one overall pick. And uh, it just felt like this was the time that Jason Light and Dirk Cutter and everyone involved is, is probably going to get canned from this. But it just felt like we turned a corner into something different. So your thoughts. Yeah, this week felt different. And the people that say, saw it coming, blah, blah, blah. I personally have not seen Jameis play a game that bad. And I'll, I'm the most objective. I feel, I feel like I'm I just call it like I see it. I, I want the best for the Bucks. To me, the best thing for the Bucks would have been for Jameis to be a franchise number one quarterback. And that would have made the easiest road for us to have success. But, man, that game, four picks, and I'll just be honest, it could have been six or seven picks. So, oh, yeah, very easy, very I mean, easy. It was bad. That's in off the top of my head the worst that I've seen him. Like I said, I, the people that say, oh, that's a – I don't agree. I think he played a great game in Atlanta. He played well enough for us to win there, and he beat the Browns. So it was weird. He regressed. And he has regressed um, from the end of last year. So that kind of brings in the coaching question, but it was bad. And to me, I haven't heard one person that said, 
you know, we have to keep him starting. So I think everyone's on the same page. Fitz has to get the start this week and in the near future and just see if he can get us a couple wins. And right now, Cutter and Light are just sweating it out for their jobs. I mean, honestly, I think, you know, I hate saying this because you get a number one overall pick. Whether we all agree on it or not, as Bucks fans, you root for that guy. You know what I mean? You really you root for that guy, and you hope that that he'll pull through and he'll he'll be the dude you expect. But for sure, it's tough. You know man. the crazy it's- thing that I the crazy thing that I, I asked myself was like realistically, if you go back to that draft, and it was always going to be Jameis or Mariota one two. That's just how it was going to be. So let's not. But for like sure. for sure, I still almost this day. In my opinion, like I still would take Jameis. <laughs> like as weird as weird as that sounds, I would still. I I, I don't think Mariota is special at all, and um, or he hasn't showed it anything to me, and so that's kind of weird to me. Like, I, take me back, knowing what I know now, and I probably still take Jameis. <sighs> that's a tough one. I don't disagree. I, I mean, I've always. I think I would still roll with Mariota, and I said that a couple weeks back, and I'm going to live with that, but. And I still, I still feel like that. I, the thing with Jameis, and it's not a talent thing. I think you hear everyone who, who's played or, or has been in the league, they always talk about Jameis the same way. That guy has so much talent, and the things he does well, he does exceptional. And when he's bad, he's really bad. And that's, that's kind of the Jameis thing. It's like when he's been on, you're like, man, this is the dude because he makes some throws that other people, frankly, just don't make. But... It's when he has games like this and you realize, man, that that's not giving us a chance to win. He's actually, no. in fact, the reason we're losing. And yeah, the, that's, the that's where it gets tough. Yeah, the decision making was horrible. But I was I was listening to JP on 620 on the way home and Shout he kind of brought something up. Um, if you kind of think about his first three years, his rookie year, we're six and six which, hey, for us is a pretty damn good spot and him being a rookie. And then if you remember, Quan gets hurt, and that kind of derailed our defense. So, you know, let's look at that rookie year. Next year, he gets us to 9-7, and still a bad defense. And then last year, I think that arm, you know, kind of derailed his first half, and uh, I think he played a lot better football going down the stretch last year. But it it hasn't – it's just weird. Like I said – I'm going back to I just feel like he's regressed and it it came to a boiling point that it just got in his head this past Sunday and it was bad. He was he was not finding the open receivers. He was looking guys down. He, you know, had made up in his mind who he wanted to throw to whether they were going to double cover him or not. And it was bad. It was bad. So, you know, on to the the Fitz magic and I don't well, know. As a Bucks fan, let's see if we can get a little run going here. That's, that's all we thing. can hope for. We, we all got to hope that Fitz can can put some things together. And I'll tell you what, man. Here's here's what really made me feel weird. And of course, you can go back and listen to any podcast. I think what I've said about Jameis, everyone can think you know is pretty clear. I don't I don't think he's going to stay here long term. But here's what I will say. I I I can't shake the feeling that this isn't a Jameis thing. That this is a coaching thing. I just. Something tells me if Jameis is in New England as the heir apparent to Tom Brady with Belichick, we're, we look up in two years 
and Jameis is a really good quarterback. And I, I get it. Belichick is a hall. I, I, I keep, I keep bringing these up to uh, my friends because someone, someone threw it out there to me. What if he replaces Breeze in New Orleans after after Breeze is gone? Is that something we want to see him and Peyton for ten years down the road? Because I don't. No, and, and that it's possible. It's very possible. Yeah, and even Jimmy Johnson came out and said, "I would still like to see Jameis with some really good coaching." So that's an indictment on Cutter, and that should be telling that a Super Bowl winning coach um, has that to say. So that's what I feel too. It's like. I'm not a fan of Jameis for a number of reasons, but because I mean he was billed as the guy who's mentally tough, all these things, and for whatever the reason, this past weekend he did not look mentally tough. It it got to him, and everyone could see it. He was rattled, and yeah, you you got to him. You and you and all the people have got to him. <laughs> no. Well, it's unfortunate too because you know you just hope that that guy can again. You just hope that he can be it. But fuck, man, I, I think it's coaching. I really do. I don't like Jameis. I don't nec- I don't think he should be here, but I also feel like we're going to look up in two years and he's going to be somewhere, and he's probably going to be really successful. Well, here's the thing: is I I automatically go into look, look at the end of the day to be a successful franchise in the NFL. The easiest way is to have a franchise quarterback for eight to ten years, have him be consistent, and then put pieces around him. So I immediately go to okay, what are we doing next year? Well, I'm going to tell you guys something. There's one, maybe one quarterback coming out yep. that people have pegged like, quote unquote, franchise guy. And right now, as it sits, we're not getting him because I'll tell you what, Giants look like crap and they need a quarterback. So oh, that's yeah. one quarterback and the quarterback draft class does not look great. And I'll look at any kind of backups who are like, uh, are people that would switch teams like a Kirk Cousins, a Case McKeenum, um Mr. Glass, Sam Bradford himself. Like a Jimmy Garoppolo, and there's none of those people out there. The only the only person people people keep bringing up is Teddy Bridgewater, but I I am not sold on him at all. So that's what that's what is kind of the most worrisome for me is like, damn man, now we're we're going into a thing where, in my opinion, in the next couple of years, we're not going to have a lot of great options. Well, do you bring as, Fitz uh, back? At, at this point, right now. We have to have to, and right? you know, you know, the only encouraging thing that uh, I saw this past weekend is they're putting up stats on and it's like Drew Brees, Tom Brady and all these guys in their late 30s and 40s. So, hey, man, <laughs> maybe maybe Fitz can rock it out for another year or so. But uh, at, at this point, it's Jamison Fitz. I, I just don't for the life of me see anyone else who we bring in that has any kind of franchise quarterback appeal. No, I don't. I don't either. I, and I'm. I'm curious. So, if it, if this was your situation, your GM, GM Matt Hat, do you roll the dice and keep Jameis for next year? Do, is this a situation where you say, you know what, man, you're you're st- he's still 24. He's had a crazy year with the Uber situation being suspended for whatever the reason hasn't hasn't put it together on the field. Do you do you still pick up that fifth year option and let Fitz kind of run the show? Let Jameis, you know, learn behind him, and then hopefully next year, uh, Jameis can can be closer to the guy we we hoped because he didn't never get a period of time, you know, like Mahomes. His whole first year, he sat out. Jameis didn't get that. He was in from the gates, and yeah. I get it. At number one overall, that's what happens. But still, 
you see the difference. Man, I'll, I'll tell you what, I've never been so confused as to what to think in a, in a situation. And of course it's, it's our hometown bucks going through it, but I, you know, a, a lot is going to depend on the coach and the GM. Um, to me, both of them aren't looking great as far as keeping their jobs, especially the coach. I still feel like Lighten may have a slightly better chance at staying around. Um, right now, without knowing any better thing, yes. But then you get into – you've seen Deshaun Jackson make some tweets like, oh, glad we're going to fit. And if it's going to be a problem in the locker room and if Dirk and Jameis kind of – get some kind of discord you know then maybe it's not worth keeping them around so man it's that's <laughs> no is, that's just what i was going to ask you is some of the comments and things i'm hearing and um you know th this is probably a good point we can ask some of these questions because uh and i, I don't want to get put the cart before the horse but we've had some conversations with greg Almond, and um you know we're trying to get him on and we think that's going to happen you know so hopefully we can make that that a thing because i would love to ask some of these questions because he has a better beat. He's in that locker room. He's asking questions, and he would know. But to your point, I think – I do really think there's got to be something to that because you're hearing some players say, you know, they felt like Fitz should have had the opportunity from the start. You hear Deshaun – essentially the report came out that he asked for a trade because of the situation with Jameis because he just can't hit him. And although this last week he got one deep to him, and I was actually very – I mean, I was proud. I was surprised. It was a lot of things, but I was happy. It I was hoping, yeah, I was hoping that kind of turned. But you know what? You know what? If if you're a Bucks fan, and at the end of the day, do you care if he can't hook up with one receiver? You know that that Browns game, he connected with ten receivers. So like, I, yeah, I don't. I was gonna day, say I don't because Deshaun. You know what I mean? Deshaun's. Let's be honest, all of us. Deshaun is not like. A homer bucks guy like gerald mccoy like for all the shit he takes that guy wanted to play for the bucks he's always been a fan of the bucks so it's like yeah you root for that dude deshaun went where the money took him like let's yeah. be real and that's fine and he wants his numbers he wants, he his, wants numbers, his numbers and to, that's fine to keep him happy but i mean it's not like he he started here and he wants to end his career here but i mean for him it, it just is what it is so at the end of the year yeah he's pissed off if we can you know make him serviceable for the rest of the year get what we brought him in to do, and then at the end of the year, let him go somewhere else. I'm fine with that because Godwin and Humphreys and really anyone else after that, I feel like will be fine. So I'm not worried about Deshaun, but it's kind of the other people in the locker room that you don't hear about, and you just hear those those reports, you know, the, the unnamed people in the locker room that felt like Fitz should have had the job from the start. Because then it makes me wonder, is that an offensive lineman? Is that Ali Marpet? I know Jameis is his boy and all, and Donovan Smith is cool with him, but it's also in football, we all know this, it's momentum. If you have a guy that's out there and he's just lighting it up, you don't pull that guy. It's like basketball. You would never pull out someone on a hot streak. You just don't do that. And that's Yeah, and and, and it's almost good that it made the decision kind of easy. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, look, Fitz has to play right now. That that's what it is. Unless if you're a cutter and you don't do that, you're just in danger of losing the locker room. And yes. for him to have any chance at staying around, he has to do that. But what do you think on, you know, me and you kind of text back and forth a little bit this Sunday. And 
I know as soon as there's a bad play, do you notice this? I don't if you're getting a little older now. Like as soon as there's a bad play, you're just ready to like jump off the boat, bro. Like, are you okay? Is everything good? You know, my, this is, this. it's funny you say that my, uh, (laughs) my wife, she, uh, the other day she pointed out something similar. She was like, you know, when the bucks are winning, you're in a great mood. You want to go take trash out. (laughs) You want to do all this stuff around the house. When they lose, I can't get you to do anything. You're pissed off at the world. And then I have you texting me at the same time, like, you know, you're kind of salty. You're out here trolling. And I'm thinking to myself, like, fuck, I'm not trying to troll anybody. I'm just, I'm being real. And then it makes you think like, well, damn, am I, am I getting older? Am I, am I that salty dude? And I don't know it. Bro, you know? I'm saying like we, it's like first quarter. And it's funny. Cause I tell my mom, cause she's the same way. And I got both of you. I told my mom, I said this, this coming Sunday, I'm turning my phone off. So you and Ryan can't text me, but uh, <laughs> I don't blame it's you. Like, I don't blame you. <laughs> we're like three minutes in and you guys are like bitching about like someone dropped the pass. Like we're horrible. Like we're three minutes into the game. I haven't even cracked my beer and thrown my feet up yet. Come on. But, also, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I would just say, you know, this too, being a Bucks fan so long, man, it's like, how often do you see us have a bad start and rally to win? Like <laughs> that doesn't happen for us very much. And so like, you see these opportunities and it's like in a microcosm kind of situation, Adam Humphreys drops a ball. You're like, all right, drops happen, right? It's when you see like the drop happen, DeMar Dotson jump. You see like, oh, oh God. then it oh, turned, we turn the ball over or whatever. You're like, all right, fuck, that was a bad possession. And then on defense, first play, our fucking Will Golson jumps off sides, gives him a first down. You're like, okay, this is starting to escalate. Here we go. Like, fuck. And for me, that's where I feel like, I don't, who is our guy in the locker room that's just like, yo, this shit can't keep happening. Like somebody's got to do something. Like it was interesting. I think now it's, I think it's about to get the point. Well, it has to be. I feel like Juan was that guy in a sense. I feel like JPP is stepping up because he's kind of getting sick of it right now. Dude, I um, saw him on the sideline when Jameis threw that fourth pick. He was the first guy in his ear. And I, I can't lie. You know, when you get a guy in the offseason, you're just hoping that he's, you know, still the guy. And I feel like JPP has been everything he was advertised and some. Like, that dude's been balling. Awesome. Awesome. And that'll, that'll, that kind of sex way into something I want to ask you about. Do you think we have enough? Obviously, on offense, and Ira Kaufman wrote yep. this. I like to get props to when I read it. He kind of wrote a little piece on we have wasted one of the best offenses that we've had as the Bucks, And that's damn true. If you think about it, you know, go back to some freaking days where we're just waiting on our defense to make plays. Like we're kind of wasting wins or not winning more games with the offense we have out there. But do we, do you put this on light that we don't have enough talent on defense or how, how do you kind of see this coaching Jason light? I mean, to me, to me, Both. like I told you, I'm more confused than ever. And I know that's not a great, like, quote-unquote hot take, but uh, I'm freaking confused. <laughs> I'll say this. It's been a series of bad coaching. I mean, it's been a series of bad coaches, in my opinion, and a combination of just, like, like okay, fuck. Gerald McCoy is a good example of this to me. So is Levante, if we're being honest. They are both good players, right? If you look at them individually, they're really good players. But sometimes, I, and I don't know why this is, you ever seen like a team that has really good players, but they're not good. And like, I don't know why, but like Levante, David, he makes a ton of plays and Gerald McCoy will too. 
but I don't think they're difference makers. I know that sounds crazy and kind of counterintuitive, but like we have a bunch of guys that I think we have a handful of those dudes. Like JPP is a difference maker. You see it. He came in, he's got seven sacks in six games or whatever it is, eight sacks. I don't know. And it's like, you can like, that's a guy like that's a dog that he's making plays like Gerald has never had a stretch like this ever. Levante's had moments early in his career where he was a ton of forced, uh, I'm sorry, like forced fumbles or tackles behind the line and tackles for loss. But like, I just don't see that anymore. So it's like, I don't know that we have the right players right now. And that's a, that's a GM thing. But then also like the coaching side of it, I don't think we've had anyone that's utilized the players we do have, because the other side of that equation is okay. If Levante is not a difference maker, like figure out what he's really good at and let's focus on him doing that. Like, fuck, yeah. we had Mark Barron and that dude went to the Rams and is playing linebacker and he's still playing. Yeah, it's like figure it out. I mean, that's what you get paid should, millions to do. Yeah, we should have we should be bringing in coaches that can elevate what they can do more so than they have been, but also at the end of the day, if you have those kind of dogs on defense, they figure it out themselves. That's what I was going to say. And that's that's where it gets tough. It's like, it's all of that. And I went back and looked. And man, I was, on Sunday, I'm like, you know what? I'm over Jason Light. I went back to look at drafts. And I tell you what, the two drafts that might kill him, the one with, I mean, the one is brutal. If it's the uh, Hargraves, Aguayo, Oof. uh I can't think of the other ones, but literally, I, I don't know that. I mean, those two alone, we might have one of that. That was the 15 draft class. I believe yep. um, we might have one left on our roster. And that was, and then let's be honest, this, <laughs> this past one right now ain't looking great. Your first two. Well, no expense too. Picks. I mean, historically our second round picks have been absolute shit. That's a whole nother point. Like I'll jump around for a second, but why the fuck did we not make a trade for Landon Collins? Or anyone like at yeah, this it was point. Re- yeah, it was reported yesterday that the report that came out was us and the Chiefs were offering, and the the final asking price was a second and a late round. So you'd say maybe like a second on the twenty nineteenth, and then in the twenty twenty they'd want like a fifth, sixth, or seventh. And happily send that. Like yes, Landon Collins is twenty four. Right freaking now, man. He's <laughs> right, twenty four. Like, I don't, like I don't understand it. Like, what difference maker do we have at safety other than Justin Evans? Because I do think he's a good player. I do. But yeah, I don't know if, Collins, a, if I'm not mistaken, Collins is already in a Pro Bowl. He's been in two. Yeah, he's, he's so a Pro like, Bowl, and he's 24. It's like, why would you not want – think about Landon Collins, Quan, Gerald, JPP. I mean, because – I mean, I don't know why in my mind I feel like I'm looking ahead to the future. I feel like I'm kind of already in that mindset, to be honest with you. But yeah. it's like next year you start thinking, oh, man, if we can get – another defensive end, maybe like a really good corner, like V to V, JPP, all these guys healthy. You know, Hargraves comes back, Carlton Davis. You get Landon Collins or someone in the offseason, like, and a running back, like, fuck. Ronald Jones, as much as I yeah. want him to be good, just isn't. I, I don't know what it is. That motherfucker just runs sideways every time he gets the ball. But that's, to- what, that's where I feel like you get a little disconnect, to be honest. Like, let's be real. Grimes it. Most likely, Grimes won't be here next year. Definitely we not. We won't see Djax being here because we think Godwin will go to the number two receiver, and we're just not going to pay that. Um, 
there's going to be a big freaking question if Gerald is there. So if you're a, sitting at GM and you're looking towards the future, I was looking for some moves to be made yesterday at the trade deadline. Like, hey, let's get some second-round picks in here. But now, you know, if Grimes goes, you know, we don't get anything for him. Same with D-Jax and stuff. So, uh, and I get it, but I get it at the same time because, like we said, uh, Light and Cutter, they're they're fighting these last – They're fighting for their um, jobs. Yeah, last A 24-year-old safety that's been to the Pro Bowl twice. You mean to tell me that's – what he's saying is I will find a better player in the second round than he is right now. Bullshit. Yeah. History does not show that that's true. Look at any of his fucking Aguayo, Noah Spence, Ronald Jones. That's just the last three years. Like, which of, I mean, but, and I'll give him this Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet were in second rounds. And it just, man, uh, another thing I want to bring up I, I'm for sure on this bandwagon that we need to bring in, and I don't care if it's a home guy or whatever, but a football guy to kind of do like a president of football operations type of role. Agreed. Like, uh, like Derek they brought Brooks. in Tom Coughlin for the, yeah, yeah. Derek Brooks, whoever, but like, uh, the Jaguars brought in, uh, Coughlin to do that in Jacksonville. And it's just like, I, I was kind of getting into it with a friend the other day. I don't know if you remember, but last year, the last game, everyone's like jumping up and down saying, we beat the saints. That's good. We, you know, we're going to roll into next year. And I'm like, are you guys crazy? Because that game had nothing to do with anything, and we just assured ourselves not to have a top five pick. Would you like to have Quentin Nelson playing right guard or Bradley Chubb playing yeah, defensive end for us right now? Dude, don't get me started <laughs> on the draft because you already know my thoughts on some of that, and I'm not going to – Yeah, but I'm saying – and then it's like I feel like that's just a, a thing on like what are we thinking because go back and watch the, the year before Jameis came out. We sure as hell tanked that last – second half so we'd have the number one pick you know what i mean undoubtedly and that's the thing it's like because at the time we thought oh james is going to be back next year and he's really he's going to take that step because that back half of last year i'll say he he played well we were like if we just get a serviceable defensive line we'll be really competitive and to be truthful like since i'll be honest since mike smith is gone our defense isn't great like let's not put that on him but they've been better they're playing better it's been two games. They probably they played two really solid quarters, and th- that's okay. Uh, it's it steps forward. It's like I can yeah. live with where they're at. They're at least getting slightly better. We're getting a little bit more pressure. We're not quite giving up massive like chunk plays like we were. Oh yeah, it's a, well the the wide open um, just yeah miscommunications where people are running wide open down the field. So at least that's not happening. Yeah, I just. Man, it's it's just tough. It's tough. I really had high hopes for Dirk, and it's like, I I feel like he's kind of what's holding us back. To be totally honest with you, the more and more I think about it, it's like, and his demeanor. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Is his demeanor? It's like the whole nine. It just all feels bad. It doesn't feel good, man. Even when we win, it's like it doesn't feel like you know we beat the shit out of this team. Like we're taking a step. Like it's never felt like that this year, except those first two yeah. games. I thought and you know it, we might really be good, and even. You could point to a shit ton of games where his game management has been crappy. You know what I mean? So, I, to me, he's it's not looking good for him. I I won't get into head coaching talk yet, but I'm I'm definitely keeping my eye out. I got some coordinators and stuff. But uh, what do we think about 
Hey, man, still, you know, salvaging our season, going to uh, Carolina this weekend. I've been thinking about this all week. I'll tell you what, though. Not feeling good, huh? (laughs) At first, I wasn't feeling good, but I'll say this. Something tells me Fitz is going to, like, start to kind of do something, dude. I I just, I well, first off, I hope. That's A. That could be wishful thinking. But you saw the way. This is the other thing. When he came in the game, Mike Evans and all of those guys looked excited. And that's something we haven't seen. And I'm looking for that to continue. So I think we go in and we get the dub. Wow. Wow. I, I mean, if, if you're asking me to put my uh, hard-earned money on it, I can't put my money on the box right now. I mean, shit, going up to Carolina. I will say division game we played, well, two so far, Saints and Falcons, both um, close games. And I feel like it I feel like it could be a close game. But, man, that defense is going to have to – they're going to have to play their best game of the year. Cam Newton is still dynamic quarterback in this league and do it with his arm or his legs. I, I look for Fitz to definitely get the offense going and have less turnovers. Man, that just that first half of the Steelers and bears game still sticks in my mind. So hopefully, hopefully we don't come out with that, but, uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't think it's looking good for us, but Hey, I will say this. I don't so think it's going to be like a game. blowout. I think I think it's like shocker. We might win by a field goal. That's a whole other thing. That dude should be fucking gone, like been gone. Yeah, I don't know what the yeah the How freaking do you bench opening. Jameis, but not get rid of the kicker who can't hit extra points. Like I don't understand. Yeah, that's. But it's it weird. That. Someone made this argument, and I hated that they were right. So Chandler the cat, whatever his name is, he uh, last year hit on eighty three percent. And on his extra points, he was like 86%. You know what's crazy? Right now, that dude is hitting his extra points at an 86%, and his field goals are like 87 or something like that. So he, we literally are getting what we what we expected. This is what he did last year. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It just, it just seems like those – it almost seems like it's worse when it's that like opening freaking touchdown. You know what I mean? Because that's what it's been. It's like – Opening touchdown, feel good about yourself. Make six point. Well, damn it, man. Now we got to chase that fucking one point the rest of the game. But, yeah, look, I will say this. Divisional game, I I think it'll be close, hard fought. If we can go in there and pull out a dub, I'm still telling you guys, look, we got some games coming up here after this game that I think we could roll off a few. So, hey, I agree. I agree. I still have chance, faith. Hey, we're, we're Bucks fans. We got to still have faith. Let's not – Let's not go in our Bucks mode and start talking about draft just yet. Let's. Uh, no, I'm going to wait on that. Listen. I'm going to wait. <laughs> because, you know, what's crazy is, dude, we could look up in two weeks and Jameis is back in and some things have settled down and he's just able to play without some pressure. And who, who knows by the end of the year what we're looking at? Like, truly, we don't know. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll be a try. I think in the near future, in a couple weeks, I don't think he gets in, you know, barring injury from – Fits, but yeah, you know, fits get banged up and he gets back in there, and or we kind of go in the tank, and then you got to kind of play him to either see what he can do or showcase him for other teams to kind of make a move. But hey, man, let's go into Carolina, put a good showing. Offense is still rolling, capable of beating anybody, and uh, defense kind of step it up and uh, go out there try to get a dub. Like like Ryan said, we are trying to get uh, 
Greg Allman, Tampa Bay uh, Times writer uh, for about like 19, 20 years in the past. And now he works for The Athletic. We're trying to get him on here in the next future, uh, in the near future, sorry. And uh, also another guy or two we're working on. So check back with us. We're not, we're not going to drop us. any hints, but you might have heard him before on the radio. We're working on it. Yeah, working on it. Um, all right, so I got something a little different. We're going to start adding in new segments, try them out. So you guys let us know if you hate these or what. Okay, Matt, I want you to pick spotlight player this game, someone offense or defense, and it can't be Mike Evans because I feel like that's the easy one. Don't pick because that dude just balls every week. Like, Also, we keep skipping over the fact that dude is slowly becoming one of the best in the league. Like, I mean, he might have already been there, but he's really good. Um, oh, yeah. So we'll take him out of the equation because that's an easy one. I want you to give me a spotlight player, one person you think is going to stand out this weekend. Give me... I like to go big, so I like to go on both sides of the ball. Give me Levante David to uh, cause some havoc. They're a team you got to watch do a lot of stuff with McCaffrey, Cam Newton running. We need to be solid in our front seven. Um, so, you know, 10 tackle day, maybe like force fumble type of day. Ooh. And then offensively, they're very good in their front seven on their defense. So I'd have to look at some pass catchers. Hey, give me OJ Howard for a, for a nice big play and a touchdown. That's the guy I was going to take. I, I just feel like OJ Howard is creeping. He's he's somewhere in that 15 to 20 right now, tight end in the league. Maybe slightly higher, but... Oh, he's higher. I think uh, that's what I was going to say. Well, by the end of the year, he's, to, he's, he's top 10 to me. By the, oh, end of, yeah. by the end of the year, I mean, you can see it. That dude's different. He catches that ball like he, he is a monster. He's a great blocker. It looks like he just catches freaking everything. And then his run after the catch, bro... That see, yeah. that's a great pick. That was a a really that that might be the steal of that draft, to be honest with you. Um, but also, that's an easy pick. That, yeah, <laughs> right. but yeah, I mean, anyone could have said like, "Yo, that dude's sitting there. Yeah. You take that guy." Like yeah. those don't grow on trees, like at all. Um, but on defense, I think this is a week JPP puts two sacks down, like last week. I think he goes two sacks, probably like four tackles, maybe one for a loss. Pretty big game for DN. Yeah, and you know. Yeah, Cam will give you that chance. You know, he scares the shit out of you because yep. that guy is a freaking monster of a human being and can run and throw and everything. But he'll give you a chance to make a sack or two and maybe even a pick. I was almost kind of thinking of like a Grimes or Justin Evans or someone in the secondary maybe. How about bringing this up before we let everyone go? But also, our defense has to get a freaking pick. I think we're on Jeez. pace to have like two or three picks the whole year. How about somebody – Make me a play this weekend and get a pick. Justin Evans, Grimes, I don't care who it is. I want to see Carlton Davis play a little more aggressive. I think what started out, he was a good man-to-man, and he started playing off, and I think he got burned a little bit, so he was a little afraid, and he played timid. I feel like he's slowly getting a little more confident. He's kind of keeping things in front of him. It looks like he's taking some strides. I want to see him try to jump a ball. Like, you know what I'm saying? At some point, these guys, yeah. you got... You know, I think it was Bruce Arians who said it. You know, you don't risk it, you don't get the biscuit. And, you know, you got to be smart with it. But also, at some point, we're going to. I love biscuits. I love biscuits. Boy, I love some (laughs) biscuits. But, man, you got to go for it sometimes. And I think that's the thing. Uh, You just, you got to make a play. Somebody's going to have to step up and make a play and get something going because our defense has had 
nothing in regards to turnovers. Yeah, it's brutal. Well, episode eleven, we uh, we didn't argue as much this time, Matta. You know, I think we're pretty. I think everyone's pretty. You know, decided on Jameis. We all feel similar. It's like it's hard to argue against that dude right now, or for him. Yeah, I'm sorry. Trying to keep it kosher for a week and uh, had a me and you had enough bitching at each other through text messages since. Apologize to everyone for not getting out last night. We're not going to get into that, but uh, anyway, Matt, you know, it's, it was just a thing. Matt, you know, thanks. didn't have his computer kind of deal. It was no big deal. Yeah, yeah, but like Ryan said at the beginning, thanks for everyone listening. Share with all the Bucks fans out there. Happy Halloween, everyone. Stay safe. Don't do anything crazy like me and Ryan used to do. And <laughs> hey, get a W. Fire the cat. I knew that day he shouldn't be in practice. He was going to be good. <laughs>